0: Uh, another announcement as we get going here on on february 12th uh we are going to have uh baptisms we're going to celebrate baptisms uh, on sunday morning february 12th uh and, and so if if you uh, have been thinking about baptism given your life to Jesus. and You've been thinking, all right, I want to walk in obedience. I want to uh, be able to tell my story publicly. I want to be able uh, to, to celebrate that, to tell my friends and family that I identify with Jesus. I want them to see that in my life and see me publicly uh, proclaiming that. We want to, to celebrate that on that day. And so again, there's a, a way that you can sign up. You can scan a QR code. That'll also be on our website under events. Uh, but we know that there are people who have, have given their lives to Jesus recently. We know that there are people, uh, maybe you've been following Jesus since you were a child. I had a friend recently uh, that, that said she had been uh, avoiding baptism uh, because she was a mom and she didn't want her kids to know that she had never been baptized. And finally she realized that that was the best way that she could live her faith out and, and set that example. And so whatever whatever your story is, if you've never been obedient uh, to Jesus in, in water baptism, We would love to talk to you more about that and uh, help you celebrate that and celebrate what God has done in your life. So go ahead and uh, sign up for that February 12th. If you've got questions, come and find us. Come to the Next Steps table, and uh, we will answer those questions. But uh, it's it's week two uh, in this series, Listen and Move, Living in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're excited to kick the year off with this series because the single command that Jesus gave his followers uh, before igniting a movement was do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Jesus was telling his followers that the gift of the Holy Spirit would follow. And Jesus has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit because he intends for us to walk in obedience and live with the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes in the modern American church, uh, people over-exaggerate the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in the modern American church, we see people under-exaggerate the Holy Spirit. And we want to just do this series uh, to land in the middle ground and, and say, what does Scripture tell us about the Holy Spirit? What are the promises of the Holy Spirit? And what does it look like for us as followers of Jesus, people that are walking after him, to live in the Holy Spirit? And so we want to grow in our knowledge and our theology and our application of the Holy Spirit And we honestly want to just be able to listen. And move in obedience. And so uh, today might might look a little different. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a lot of things. Usually we're we're kind of parked in in one passage. And today maybe you could call this kind of more a, a survey. We're going to cover a lot of ground of the Holy Spirit, just because uh, there's a lot of things that we think are important to our theology and a lot of things that uh, that need mentioned. Uh, you can you can try to be a note taker, just so you know. We're going to have some lists and other things, and we'll echo those later this week on social media. If you're like, man, I didn't get that third verse of the ninth point, don't be mad all right i 'm the guy that likes to get the third verse of the ninth point also right so we 'll we'll put that on Facebook and instagram and, and you 'll be able to see that. Uh, and I just wanted to highlight one other uh, resource, a book that's really been a blessing to me as we if prep for this. Uh, there's a, a book by a man named Francis Chan uh, called Forgotten God, a book that's about the, the Holy Spirit. And so if you're looking for a way to dive deeper, something to read, a resource for this series, that is a, a resource that I would, uh, I would recommend. Okay, But just to, just to lay the foundation, I wanted to uh, so if we jump in here, uh, kind of tell us some things that we've talked about, some things that will be our foundation, some things that, that what we can know of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're a if you're note taker, you can write these down. I think it's even cool to to put them right in your Bible there and and know that you can have them. But here's what we can know of the Holy Spirit as we laid the foundation for this last week, some things that we've been uh, catching up on. This is what we can know. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a, a power or a thing or an, an it. I think we've all been guilty of maybe saying it when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we, we wonder why people do that, and that might seem like a, a kind of small distinction, but it's a, a way that we can understand the Holy Spirit better. In fact, in the passage that we looked at last week in John 14, uh, we read that the Spirit dwells with you and will be in you. And so this calls us to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Instead of just uh, allowing us to think that we can treat the Holy Spirit as a, a power or something that we can harness to be on our team or get on his good side, the Holy Spirit is a person who has personal relationships with believers, with us. And so, as we've seen, the Holy Spirit also has a relationship with the Father and the Son. And we see the Holy Spirit working in conjunction with the Father and Son multiple times throughout Scripture. We talked about some of those, even dating back as far as creation last week. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. Here's another one. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a, a lesser known or different kind of other being than god the father and jesus the son in fact in acts chapter five there's a moment that peter explicitly refers to the holy spirit as god and he says you've not lied just to human beings but to god and so i think as we talk about this foundation of the holy spirit it's vital for us to remember the holy spirit is a person and the holy spirit is god and so when we forget about the holy spirit when we ignore the holy spirit we're ignoring god Another thing that I want you to know here, the Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. Last week, again, as we were in John chapter 14, we were told that the Holy Spirit will never leave us. If someone will always be present and never leave you, that means the Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. And here's some other ones, just real quick. Followers of Jesus are baptized with the Holy Spirit. So at the moment of salvation, every believer is baptized into the body of Christ so that we can walk in newness. Followers of Jesus are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. There's a word you don't hear every week. If you've got a bingo card maybe today, you were banking on me saying indwelled. But every true believer has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Here's another one. Followers of Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because at the moment of salvation, every believer is filled. And we're told to be filled with the Holy Spirit instead of worldly desires. And the last one here. Followers of Jesus are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given has given to us as a deposit and guarantee of our salvation. And so again, uh not trying to make you write down a list right out of the gate, but those are some things that I think are important for us to know as we dive into this topic and talk about the Holy Spirit. And so we want to jump into some passages of Scripture today. And so uh, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's probably one under your chair, around you, behind you. Just start looking around on the floor. I promise you, you'll find a Bible if not, you might find a dollar, and either way, this is going to be a great Sunday, right? So uh, just be looking, looking there for a Bible. We're in John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 8. We'll start out. That's on page 648 on those Bibles. And last week, we were in John chapter 14, and so we're kind of echoing on in 15. There's a lot of great stuff that Jesus was teaching to his disciples and his followers as he was really introducing them and reminding them of this concept of the Holy Spirit so that they would have a theology and they would know. This is what... Jesus says in John chapter 15, he says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. to my father. In, in some ways, Jesus is really just echoing what we talked about last week in John chapter 14. Last week, we said that Jesus is our foundation, and now he kind of switches up the word picture, but he, he's really saying the same concept when he says, listen, I'm the vine and you're the branches. You need to be connected to be, I need to be your, your foundation. And last week, we said that we needed the gift of the Holy Spirit or the advocate to guide us as we walk and as we, we live with Jesus. And this week, we're saying when our lives are committed to Jesus, we have to stay connected to him as the vine so that we can grow and function. And Jesus even says that we're going to face times where we'll feel attacked or where we'll feel like we're being pruned and purified. And those times are so that we can learn and grow. And last week, we said that our our love, our, our desire for Jesus will evidence itself in good deeds and in obedience. And this passage is saying, listen, if you remain in me, you're going to produce much fruit but if you don't remain in me or part from me, you can do nothing. And so Jesus came and and gave his life so that we could live in him. We're called to walk with him and live for him, and that's not always easy. In fact, if you want to skip down to verse 18, it kind of gets to a, a point, a little part here that maybe isn't as fun to hear. Jesus says this, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. And so this remain in me, I am the vine, follow me, stay connected to me stuff sounds really good. But then when I get to the part that says, hey, by the way, it's going to be difficult and the world's going to hate you. Let's just say it. We're maybe not as excited about this. And I can't even imagine what his disciples, his followers were hearing as they, they heard this. They're like, wait, 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 you've been pretty popular. We thought this was going to be great. And he's like, oh no, actually the world's going to hate you. Is that cool guys? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so we're we're hearing that, and then Jesus goes on to say this in verse 26, because he admits it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be roses. But verse 26, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. That's what makes the difference. That's the promise we have. We will be given the advocate, the counselor, the guide. We will be given the very nature, the character of God himself, the Holy Spirit to walk with us and live in us that will change things. John 16, the next chapter, goes on to talk more about the work of the Holy Spirit. It says this in verse 5. Jesus says this, But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and all of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on its own, on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And so Jesus continues to point his followers to this concept that that he's giving his life for them, that they're called to live on mission and be set apart. And he promises that even though it won't be easy, he's sending the Holy Spirit to make walking with him and living with him possible. And there's so many things we're going to draw out here in just a second. Things that we've been told and things that we can trust and experience. From the Holy Spirit But before we do that I want to jump to just one more passage This passage is on page 686 of 2 Corinthians It's it's chapter 2 verses 10 Through 16 2 Corinthians two, ten through 16 page 686 Again We're being told about the Holy Spirit And this is what we're promised But it was to us That God revealed these things by His Spirit For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? Verse 17 says this, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. And so Jesus came and gave his life for us because we had distanced ourselves from God because of sin. He came and laid down his life to pay the price for our sin and closed that gap so that we could know God, so that we could walk with God, so that we could trust in God, so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could find our hope in God and build our lives on that foundation of Jesus giving his life. And Jesus says, listen, walking with me, having impact with me, Being on mission in this world, it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the advocate who's going to walk with you and live in you. And we're told so many things about the Holy Spirit. And so we've already talked about what does it look like? What can we trust? What can we know about the Holy Spirit? What are some of the things that may seem obvious or some of the things that we forget or some of the things that we take for granted? And in these passages, we've been told so many other things. And, and there's things all throughout scripture that, that tell us, listen, this is what you can experience with the Holy Spirit. This is what you'll have in the Holy Spirit. This is what you can know. This is what you can trust in the Holy Spirit. And so again, I just want to, I want to give us a, a quick list. These are the things that we can experience of the Holy Spirit. The first one is, is this, that the Holy Spirit has emotions. I think sometimes when we hear that the Holy Spirit has emotions or we hear that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, we think it's some sort of exaggeration because I think in the back of our minds, we equate having emotions to to weakness, right? Maybe when you were little, you cried when you struck out at a baseball game and your dad said, stop being a baby. And so you're like, all right, people that cry, people that have emotions, they're weak, I shouldn't do that. And yet we see clearly in Scripture that Having feelings and having emotions is kind of God's design because God created those things. And sure, like anything else, that can be misused or taken out of context. But the intent and the purpose of feelings came from God. And since he created emotions, we are called to have emotions. And we see that the Holy Spirit has emotions. In fact, the Spirit is grieved when there's a breach in relationship whether it's a relationship with God or a relationship with other people. When we're disunified, when we're unloving, when we're hateful, when we're jealous, when we're gossipy, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we're called that as much as it depends on us, we should be at peace with all people. And so we can know that there are moments that we will see the emotions of the Holy Spirit. We will feel the emotions of the Holy Spirit. We will be led toward the emotions of the Holy Spirit. The second thing you can write down here is that the Holy Spirit has his own will. In 1 Corinthians, we're told that the gifts of the Spirit are empowered by one, and they're the the same Spirit who apportions each one of those gifts to, to all people. It's an important reminder that the Holy Spirit is in control and the Holy Spirit has a will. We don't get to choose what gifts we have or we don't really get to choose how we're called to use those gifts because the Holy Spirit is leading us in his will and leading us in his direction and leading us with the gifts he's given us and he makes his desires known in our life and in our heart as he speaks to us and the Spirit has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for the church. He has a plan for your life and your gifts in your church and how he's calling you to build Those things and if you're like me, you've probably had your own plan for your life, and your own plan for your own gifts, and your own plan for your gifts, and your life, and your church, and your family, and sometimes those things intersect, sometimes they collide, and you think that's not what I wanted, God, and God's probably saying exactly. So the Holy Spirit has emotions, but the Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit helps us speak when we're in tough situations, when you're out on a limb, when you're sharing your faith with someone, when you're scared to death, when you're backed into a corner in a conversation. Scripture tells us very plainly that the Holy Spirit speaks through us, and sometimes we don't even know or fathom what we're saying. Maybe you found yourself in a situation like that where you said, yeah, someone started asking me spiritual questions and I didn't know the answers but the next thing I knew, I I answered them. God gave me the words to say so that I could clearly explain his character, so that I could clearly explain salvation and I don't don't know how that happened. I couldn't do that again if my life depended on it. That's the Holy Spirit speaking through us. The Holy Spirit helps us speak when we're in tough situations and difficult situations. The Holy Spirit teaches us God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could understand his character, so that we could understand what he is doing, so that we could be reminded of the words of Jesus, so that we could be reminded of Scripture. He guides us in the way that we should go. He's our advisor. He's our encourager. He's our strength. He guides us into truth. He gives us insight. He brings us to understand the glory of Christ, and he illuminates and provides understanding. And so there are so many ways that the Holy Spirit is reminding us and teaching us, and blessing us. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be God's witnesses. Not just sometimes words, but the courage to take the gospel around the world, the courage to take the gospel next door to our friends, and the courage for us to draw near to Jesus. Because sometimes we don't have that courage ourselves. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be God's witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives us power to put to death sin. The Spirit sets us free from the sins that we can't get rid of on our own, the things that we can't overcome on our own. And it's a, it's a lifelong process, something that we've entered into and something that we feel defeated by sometimes, something that we feel that we can't overcome. But when we first believe, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit illuminates and helps us overcome Sin that that we didn't think we could ever get out of our life on our own, and we're right to think that. We can't get that sin out of our life on our own, but the Holy Spirit helps us do that. The Holy Spirit powers us to abound in hope. The Holy Spirit gives us hope. The Holy Spirit is our source of hope. There are moments and there are times when we will think, I don't know where my life is going. I don't know where my hope comes from. I don't have any hope. I don't see a future. I don't see a path out of this. And the Holy Spirit will give us hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we abound with hope because our God is a God of hope who fills his children with joy and with peace. Romans 15 assures us of that, that the Holy Spirit provides comfort and hope and peace. This next one here might be the, the most famous thing to say, but being led by the Holy Spirit produces fruit. And we know the fruit of the Spirit. We probably know the song, The Fruit of the Spirit's Not a Coconut. And sometimes we overlook those things and we take those things for granted. But what an incredible gift that the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, when you walk with me, when, you, when you're when you living close with me, your life will display the fruit of that relationship and you will have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you imagine feeling the confidence and trusting in those things every moment of every day? I know that I often forget those things, often don't display those things to my family, to people I interact with, but that is what the Holy Spirit gives us. That is a gift of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit produces fruit in our lives and we can display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here's one more. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. I've kind of already alluded to that and Trigg's going to help us dive into that much more in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm excited for that. Just as we've talked around the office and some of the things that are stirring in his mind and his heart, but we're going to, we're going to look at that more. But just as a, as a bullet point, know that and trust that the Holy Spirit gifts us with spiritual gifts so that we can have impact. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. And so the Holy Spirit is part of your life. But as I I give some lists today, my my fear is that we'll look at these things and just think like, all right, that's a grocery list. I need apples, I need butter, I need milk, and and there's what I can expect from the Holy Spirit. I guess I should start feeling those things and just feeling really good. And sometimes we walk out of the grocery store and we forget to get things. Maybe that's just me and my marriage, right? But I forget most of the things, roughly half of the things, all right? but as we, as we look at a list of the Holy Spirit, my, my fear is that we're, we're looking at these things and we're like, uh, never experienced that one. Don't, don't have that one. I'm Not even sure I've ever seen that in the Bible. No one I know has experienced that. So the reason that I, I wanted us to, to start with what we can know of the Holy Spirit is to, to talk about the ways that we can know God and the ways that we can know the Spirit and the things that we can trust and stand on as a foundation. And then as we transition to these things that we can experience, these are not, these are not just concepts or ideas or something that was made up, something that you'll see in a superhero movie and be like, oh, that's cool if that happened to one person a long time ago. These are things that we can we can trust, we can experience, and we can know. And so my, my hope is this morning that you'll you'll hear those lists and you'll look at that list of what we can experience of the Holy Spirit and you will dwell on those things and think on those things and meditate on those things and ask God to show those things in your life and in your heart. Those are things that we were meant to experience by the Holy Spirit. Those are, those are things that are supposed to be manifested in our life. And so I want us to spend time asking God for those things. Because we can know the Holy Spirit, we can experience these things. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, because the Holy Spirit is God, because the Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. Because we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, we've been indwelled with the Holy Spirit, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit and sealed by the Holy Spirit, that should lead us to experience the very character and nature and life of the Holy Spirit as God has given him as our advocate and as our gift. But I'm I'm sure you can't help but ask yourself, okay, well, why am I not experiencing those things. Why don't I feel the, the warm fuzzies or the power or or that entire list? That was, a, that was a pretty long list, a pretty theological list. There was a lot of stuff there. I don't normally say the words indwelled and, and some of those other things in a, in a normal daily moment. And so how, how do I know that I can experience those things? Why am I not experiencing those things? Well, I think sometimes... just have to think about exactly what's been offered to us and ask ourselves, are we leaning into what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead your emotions? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit? are you in step and walking with the Holy Spirit so that he can lead your desires? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit? Are you in step with the Holy Spirit? Are you you letting him speak through you? Speak through you to other people? Are you letting him counsel and teach you? Are you letting him make you a witness to the ends of the earth? Or even to the ends of Columbus or the edge of Hilliard? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to give you hope? Not does the Holy Spirit give you hope, but you are are you aware of that hope? Are you allowing the the Holy Spirit to to let you live and and show fruit in your life? The Holy Spirit says, "I'll give you love, joy, and peace, and some of us are like, oh, "I don't need love, joy, or peace. I don't want any of those things, right? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate things to you, to, to teach you, to remind you of what's in Scripture, to remind you of the words of Jesus? Are you, are you in step with the Holy Spirit enough that he's giving you insight? Is he providing understanding? Is he comforting you? Are you receiving the spiritual gifts he's given you? Or are you ignoring them, putting them aside, and not walking in them? There's a passage in Galatians 5 that talks about that we... We need to be in step with the Spirit. I think when we talk about being in step with the Holy Spirit, it kind of introduces this concept that we can be out of step with the Holy Spirit. If we're called to be in step, then being out of step is really the the opposite where some of us find ourselves and. If you've ever tried to be in step with someone, to do some sort of choreography, or to arrive at the same time, or to set something up where you were walking with a person and taking the same steps as a person, it can be complicated, and you can find that you're just like, oh, uh, you're stepping and they're stepping, and you're trying to step with them, and you're not doing it, and. I think we have to ask, what what leads us to not being in step with the Holy Spirit? How do we get out of step with the Holy Spirit? How do we deny the things that we're called to experience because of the Holy Spirit? How do we deny the things that he wants to do in our lives? Ephesians 5 says it this way. So be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Don't worry, we're not talking about being drunk with wine this morning. That would be quite a shift right there. But I think, I think what's going on in that passage is when someone is drunk with wine, when they're, when they're drunk, that wine is controlling them. And what's recommended there is that we're not letting anything control us but the Holy Spirit. We're not letting anything make our decisions or influence our thoughts or our emotions. We're not letting anything else control us. We're not trying to experience anything else. What's recommended there is to to be controlled, to be led, to experience the Holy Spirit. So why don't we experience the Holy Spirit? Because that first list of things we can know about the Holy Spirit, we'd be like, yeah, that's a good list. It seems like something in the Bible. And if we would say... Okay, the second list then, are these things we're supposed to experience about the Holy Spirit? You would say, yeah, I've heard some of those things. I think way back in Bible school I heard one, and in college, and a Bible study. And yeah, even last week, I think those are good things about the Holy Spirit. So how can we know the Holy Spirit? How can we know that we're supposed to experience the Holy Spirit and not experience the Holy Spirit? Well, it's just this simple. We don't trust the Holy Spirit. When you trust someone, you let them control you and lead you and guide you. When your mom growing up said, hey, I'm going to pack your lunch, you weren't like, whoa, 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 what are you going to put in there, mom? Right? When your dad said, hey, I'll give you a ride to soccer practice, you weren't like, well, okay, but who taught you to drive? Right? When When you trust someone, they take control in a very positive way in your life. When you trust someone, you're led by that person. And they control you, and they lead you, and you're in step with them. We know a lot about the Holy Spirit, and we experience a lot about the Holy Spirit. But what we need to work on is trusting the Holy Spirit. So here's our our big idea as as we close. It's pretty obvious because I've alluded to it. You can know, experience, and trust the Holy Spirit. You can know the Holy Spirit, but you can't stop there. You can experience the Holy Spirit, but you you can't stop there with that mental concept. You have to trust the Holy Spirit so that you can walk with the Holy Spirit and live in the Holy Spirit, and those lists are available to us. Those are the things and those are the ideas and concepts that we should be experiencing when we're trusting the Holy Spirit and letting him control us. And so we want to do a, a version of, of what we did last week. We're going to do some part of it every week in this series just to take a moment and hear from the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit. And this, uh, I want to, I want to let you know this is not a transition time. This isn't like, Hey, Mark's done. All right. Everybody take off for the bathroom. But if you're really pregnant, I'm not judging you. Okay. That's okay. All right. But for everyone else, I hope that we will sit still and, and we'll, We'll try to hear from God. We'll spend a moment asking God, what what have you been trying to tell me? What have you been trying to show me? Holy Spirit, how how are you making yourself plain and real to me? What do you want me to know? And we're going to sing, they're going to play music. they'll, They'll sing a song in a second. And don't feel like when you start hearing voices, you have to take that timeless modern American church cue and say, all right, it's time to stand up. We want you to just take a moment where you're at to listen to God, to hear from God, and to listen to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, come and and speak to me. I've been out of step with you. I've not been trusting you, Lord. What are you trying to tell me through my emotions? What part of your will are you trying to make obvious to my life? How have you been trying to give me insight? How have you been trying to speak to me? How have you been trying to empower me to overcome sin or to share the gospel or to embody the gospel or speak to someone when when I'm in a difficult situation? Lord, how are you calling me to experience you? We'll put that list up there and you can just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you in those ways, the ways that he's made it very clear through scripture that he's going to speak to us and work in us. And he's made it very clear that we can experience him in those ways because we want to be a church and we want to be people who because of the work of Jesus, because he's our foundation, we can stand on him and we can be fueled by the Holy Spirit to live and live on mission. And so what has the Holy Spirit been trying to tell you how has he been trying to speak to through you? And, and, and what's he been saying? Some of those things can be scary. Some of those things can be things that maybe we don't want to hear, but we want to be people who listen and move, people who are marked by obedience. We want to be a church that's obedient to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that means stepping outside of our comfort and our character and experiencing God himself. It's experiencing the Holy Spirit. You can know you can experience and you can trust the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we pray as we spend time in your presence right now, Lord, that you will speak to us. God, we pray that you you will speak to us and let us know what you've been saying. God, call us to be your witnesses. Call us to put sin to death. Call us to hope. Call us to listen through emotions that you've placed in us. Call us to be in line with your desires and your will. God, we want to listen and move and be marked by obedience. And so we we just pray, Lord, that you will speak to us. You will make your will obvious. God, even as we're just quiet in your presence, help us to just be reminded of your love for us, reminded of your character, and reminded of all the ways that you love us and and speak to us. God, help us to experience you as we, as we meditate now. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.